Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hey, everybody. It is November 20th. This is episode 104. Ultimate Cosmic Power! Itty bitty living space. I put drafting space, but he went back to the other one. I didn't, I didn't reread it. <laughs> he didn't reread it. <laughs> I didn't reread the title. No, no, no. Yeah, it was fine. Listen, it's not it, drafting is not fun when you're elbow to elbow with the other person because oh, it's just like God, I've done that and it's so <laughs> annoying. Um, but yeah, this is episode 104. We're going to talk a little bit about Ultimate Masters since previews, I believe, should be wrapping up today, um, or at Wait. least the full set should be being released soon. I, I was going to say, I think there's like a couple more days because the unofficial. I was under the impression that there was only like two days of previews. But oh, whatever. I I could be wrong. I mean. I'm sure they're going to probably dump it for Thanksgiving. It probably feels, I mean, it feels like that because there's been a lot, of, a lot, a lot of really interesting cards previewed. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, um, it's, um, yeah, so there's technically the pre-release. And I say that with like a weird kind of like, eh, in my voice just because it's happening at PAX Unplugged, which is literally next week. Oh my God, where has this year gone? <laughs> Well, you literally just, you know, just finished up uh, modding for Desert Bus, and we all know how that week goes. That week doesn't exist. I mean, it does <laughs> exist. It's just like, to be fair, this was actually a really weird week for that for me, because this is the f actually one of the first Desert Buses where I've actually had to have a very limited amount of time during the work week where I could moderate. I only had like five or six hours a day when I was actually working, but fortunately I did have a four-day weekend going into it. By the way, Desert Bus for Hope, uh, we finished the run earning a wreck, like, I don't know how, but we just, like, eased into, like, just smashing our previous donation total. We raised $730,000.99, or three hundred seven or $730,000, well, hold on. <laughs> Take three. Uh, $730,099.90. Is that ninety nine dollars? I think, yeah. But no, it was like our previous total before that had been like six hundred ninety four thousand, and Desert Bus ten. We didn't even get close last year. We had like nine hundred and fifty or six hundred fifty thousand. But yeah, like this year was the weirdest one in that like it just kind of happened. We're like, oh, cool. Well, we yeah. smashed our previous record, and we've still got like six hours to go. Oh boy! Because like the previous times we've done this, it's been like a mad dash where we'd be like staring down the barrel of okay, we've got maybe like two to three hours left, and the chat just like starts throwing money at the screen, throwing money at the screen, and we get like okay, cool, we got an extra hour. We're like, all right, cool. This one was just like, yeah, we busted our total, and we knew we were going to be finishing at that hour, three, four hours ahead of time, and everyone's like, well. What do we do yeah. now? We're out of we're out of giveaways. <laughs> but no, it was great. I'm really proud of everybody, chat yeah. included. So uh, because of Desert Bus, we didn't record last week. Correct. But I also want to do a quick shout out to the champion of Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica, Andrew Ellen Bogan, who went got there with a uh, red white aggressive deck, which is near and dear to my heart. Uh, in it, fact, most of the top eight was red and white aggressive decks but the funny part is is these red and white aggressive decks are actually some of them are called quote-unquote white weenie or mostly white weenie because their main board is white mono white but they've got a mana base that's boros because their sideboard has a transformational like mid-range package yeah which is kind of crazy but yeah. great actually I mean, Luis Scott Vargas, who was the runner-up, and we'll talk about him for a second. Um, like he was playing a mono-white main deck, and then his sideboard had a mountain and um, Experimental Frenzy is the only red cards. Yeah, like specifically just to like pile in the Experimental Frenzies, like because you need the extra bit of mana for it. Exactly. It's like mid-range package. Go. What? Yeah. And uh, so that was a really interesting pro tour. And uh, the week GP this past weekend was run by Just Guy Control. Yeah. At the hands of Adrian Sullivan. Um, and... Just goes to show you how crazy the standard format is right now. Because like before the Pro Tour, the GPs were being dominated by you know Golgari, and Golgari was the most prevalent deck here at the Pro Tour. But then the White Weenie decks ate them up, and then the problem with the White Weenie decks is that they are really soft to Goblin Chain Whirler and Mono Red decks. But then Mono Red gets feasted upon by Golgari, which gets feasted upon by Control, which gets feasted upon by Mono White, and it's it's nowhere near close to being solved like previous standard formats are. 
And I read Mike Sigrist's article from after the Pro Tour, which which he put it as both a really really great thing and a really really bad thing because they couldn't solve they couldn't figure out what to play because the metagame in his article he said not only did it change weekly but sometimes it changed daily. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We're you might even say it's not even rock paper scissors. It's rock paper scissors lizard Spock to yep. use the old 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 reference there because there's just so many weapons that beat up on the other one but have weakness to others like looking at the top eight there was four golgari mid-range at of the mm-hmm. of the gp i should say two jeskai control one mono white aggro and it is drake deck at the hands of owen turtenwald and like even the drake decks are changing week to week where i know a build i was just streaming with last night was maybe two weeks old like pro tour, like right before the pro tour so my creature base is completely different. Like I was running three Electromancers, three Crackling Drake, four Arclight Phoenix, four Enigma Drake. And most lists now are just running four Electromancer, four Phoenix, four Crackling Drake. That's it. Yeah. Like I'm running an insanely old list. They put like one or two Entrancing Melodies in the main board. They're like running three of those now. It, it's it's crazy. So like yeah. you have to like literally, like John said, adapt day to day almost. Or, be, or just take a stab in the dark, be like, okay, what do I think is going to be prevalent today in the leagues when I'm jamming to try and get my 5-0? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then to briefly touch upon uh, LSV, uh, he did manage to get runner-up. Um, his, his ninth Pro Tour top eight. Yeah, his ninth the fire, top eight. The fire is back. <laughs> yeah. Um, sadly, it did not end in his favor because in game five, um, he mulliganed to four. Um, and... Sometimes that's going to happen in Magic. Uh, last time I remember this happening was Mike Sigrist when he was playing the Blue-Red and Solothopter deck at Pro Tour M15. Uh, and in the final game, he mulliganed to Oblivion as well. Uh, you never like to see it happen, but that is sometimes Magic. And as much as we would love to have conversations about how to prevent that, I think the, the more conversations we have about the mulligan system and, ter- and messing with it will ultimately hurt the game in ways that you won't see necessarily. Uh, I remember during the, when the Vancouver Mulligan was introduced that a lot of people were afraid that with the Scry rule, it would make Delver decks way too good. And I don't think that's been the case. Uh, it is very good in older formats for combo decks. Um, but I think that in general, like messing too much with the Mulligan system could really re- could really lead to some degeneracy. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it's a tough conversation. But like you said, there's really, it's part and parcel with this kind of game yeah and then also uh gotta give hats off to lsv for the the mastery over the pin trick which if you don't know what this clip is what i'm referring to look up the clip of the settle the wreckage that rocked the world we'll put it in the show notes Um, yeah we'll put it in the show notes um i am on the side of it's harmless it's a little bit of showmanship it he wasn't doing it maliciously he was he wasn't doing it to try to you know coax um jeremy to a into a misplay so okay and good, so, and good players would would probably play around it anyways but yeah to give a quick like little rundown for it basically jeremy Dizani was lining up attacks lsv was on defense with mono white he had boarded in sell the wreckage and was holding in his hand so there he also had an adanto the last four down and the mana to create the token off of it with the four mana that was up so he kind of reached over to a token to kind of grab it and then kind of put it back down and off the play off the battlefield he hadn't paid for it or anything he was just kind of grabbing it and then kind of put it back down but then jeremy design picked it up and started using it as lining up his block like when he was like yeah looking at his blocks even though lsv had not made the token yeah or when he was looking at like how the, the t- yeah and then or not the attack like how the blockers how blockers, might, how blockers could go yeah, yeah. And then figured, okay, fine, I'll swing in. And then he and LSV's just like, sell the wreckage, get rid of your board. You watch yep. the video, you'll see exactly what it is. It's definitely not really a, um, oh, what's it called? Bad thing. It's just, yeah. it wasn't even like maliciously done. And he talked about it afterwards too in, on like one of his streams. He was just like, yeah, I just went to go pick up the token to think about it. And then nope. Yeah. He wrote about it in his article, too, for his PT recap, um, how he wants to see more showmanship in Magic, because too often we're, Magic players, especially at that level, are a little bit more stoic. Um, well, there was also, I 
wasn't watching that part of the stream this weekend, but apparently somebody um, got kind of emphatic in their feature match. Like she beat a really good play, a pro player and got like hyped up. And some people were saying like, Oh, I don't like seeing people getting all like, you know, uppity and stuff. They should just, you know, act like they've been there. And it's like, bro, calm down. But yeah, it, it's a whole thing. It's, that's a whole different discussion that I don't think we have the time or the... Oh, heck no, because we got cars to talk about. We do. So let's go ahead and dive on into these Ultimate Masters reprints. Um, so, because, oh man... So Ultimate Masters is... is full of things. Yeah, Ultimate Masters is the last, like, hurrah for Masters sets as we know it. Mm-hmm. So we, we could have gone it's with a, you know, it's the end of the world as we know it joke, but... Eh. Sure. But the... um. They just were like, you know what? F it. We're going for it. <laughs> yep. Pedal to the freaking metal. Um, and I think we're just going to go ahead and start with uh, the card that was previewed by the Command Zone. Um, this is also a card that is played in Highlander, uh, Canadian Highlander, that's been mentioned before uh, on the North 100 podcast. It is Pattern of Rebirth, a, play that I've, a card that I've actually played. And this is, I believe, its first reprint since its original printing in uh, Urza's Destiny, I want to say. Yep. It is three and a green for a rare enchantment aura. It enchants a creature. It says when the enchanted creature dies, that creature's controller may search their library for a creature card, put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle their library. Uh, AKA, um, you just go get a big fatty. Yeah. And remember, there are Eldrazi in this set. <laughs> you can yeah. just go get an Eldrazi and stick it on the battlefield for four or five mana there's also a bunch yeah. of sack outlets in this sec too that will let you be like okay pattern of rebirth i'm going to sacrifice this creature and go get an eldrazi and good luck yep glhf but, but the uh the canlander deck you're talking about for if you guys if you at home want to go look it up it's called uh pattern rector mm-hmm. so just go look for that when you're looking at uh decks with canlander basically it, it uses arena rector or not arena rector uh academy rector. academy rector and pattern of rebirth to do ridiculous creature combos uh i've also played it in a in a commander combo deck uh with boon weaver giant which is a seven mana like five five oh, four four whatever. yeah that's the one from like m oh, it's like 15 yeah it's like m15 yeah, when it comes to play you may search your library or your graveyard for an ore and attach it to it yeah and so what you do is you play it, you put pattern on it, you sack it somehow, you then figure out a way to reanimate it, usually with Karmic Guide, then you put pattern back on it, then you sacrifice it again, get another creature, and then you just start a loop going. It's it's gross. So It's very gross. But yeah, it's it, it's a much kind of needed reprint, but like it's not super expensive, it's not super flashy, but it's like, hey, it's about time, and it got amazing Therese Nielsen art on it. As, as one does. Yep. So next uh, up, we got a little bit of a combo. John only put two cards, but there were more than just the yes. two uh, shown there were multiples. by this sure. outlet. Yeah, which these are the good luck, good luck high five uh, podcast. And if you know anything um, about Maria, this will tell you exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, Maria is a avid fan of the Boggles deck, and the five card list, cards that I have listed here. Uh, were Spider Umbra, Hyena Umbra, Heliod's Pilgrim, and then Slippery Bogle and Daybreak Coronet. Uh, Slippery Bogle is a green-blue hybrid mana for a 1-1 creature beast. It's an uncommon here. was originally printed at Common, uh, hashtag Popper, and it has Hexproof. It also has amazing flavor text. Oh, yeah. So the flavor text kind of pokes fun at the magic community for not being able to say Boggle or Bogle. So Ogle the Bogle or Goggle the Boggle doesn't matter you weren't going to catch it anyway yeah it's so yep, yep, good yep. yep um the other four card uh slippery vogel those also have new art um by jesper icing uh and then the other cards were all uh reprints from their last printing uh no new art no new changes yep aside from the updated uh foil but yeah have and- have fun and limited you guys there's there's boggles somebody's gonna literally be able to draft a boggle deck yeah, and then you're going to be sad. Yeah, Hexproof and Limited. Yay, but what's good against Hexproof? We're going to jump ahead for this one. Uh, what do you want to talk You, know, you want to talk about uh, how do you, Chainer's how, Edict? Yeah, how do you deal with a one-mana one, a one Hexproof? Chainer's Edict, one into black sorcery at Uncommon. Now, thanks to Magic Online being the where pauper rules exist for the majority of it, Vintage Masters printed Chainer's Edict to Common, therefore most players... 
places in paper accept Chainer's Edict as a common as well, even though it has never seen a paper common printing. But anyway, Chainer's Edict is a one in a black sorcery. Target flat player sacrifices a creature. Typical edict text. It has flashback. You may cast this card from your graveyard for its flashback cost and then exile it for five black blacks. So you can Chainer's Edict them in the beginning of the game. And then usually they'll forget about it by like turn six or seven when you're able to just go, oh, yeah, flash, like you'll, you'll clear the board out or something like that. And then they cast a big fatty into the board and you're like, oh yeah, by the way, Chainer's Edict flashback, kill your thing. And you're like, oh, oh. yeah, feels bad. It's not fast like um, Diabolic Edict is, which sees much more play than Chainer's Edict. But Chainer's Edict is very, very powerful in in Popper. Oh yeah, and and limited formats too. Yes, and especially formats. if you're able to maintain a, or control a board state to the point where you're you're going to get somebody who's if, if unfortunately it's an uncommon, so you're not going to see it too much. If it was a common, yeah. there would just be too many edicts in this set. So yeah, uh, moving up back up our list. Uh, the next card is one that saw a resurgence of play thanks to Amonkhet, uh, Devoted Druid. Uh, it is one of the green for an O2 Elf Druid Uncommon. You can tap to add a green, and you can put a minus one, minus one counter on Devoted Druid to untap it, uh, featuring new art as well. Yeah. And uh, this is part of the Devoted de- or the devoted uh, Company decks. Yeah, this is the one that can just generate an infinite amount of mana because you can just constantly put counters on it and untap it, and it doesn't actually count with a Vizier of... Remedies? Remedies. Yes, if Vizier Remedies means counters won't go on it, but you can put a counter on it, but it won't go on it, so you can keep untapping and tapping it for mana, and you usually want to pair this with... Duskwatch Recruiter. Yeah, Duskwatch Recruiter to drill through your deck to find a Walking Ballista, put the Walking Ballista in your hand, and use the quote-unquote arbitrarily large amount of mana you have generated to create an arbitrarily large divided by half Walking Ballista that you then shoot your opponent in the face with. Yep. Um, that deck has massive resiliency. Here, this is just a nice little reprint because it kind of jumped up in price a little bit. It yeah, was it only a, had one printing and uh, Shadowmore. It's really good to see another one. Yeah, it was a Shadowmore common that was like five or six bucks. So it's uncommon now. It's not going to drop too much, but it's still going to drop a little bit. Get more copies out in the world, which is yeah. nice. Uh, next up is a card that I know Aaron um, Aaron Campbell has close to her heart. It is Spoils of the Vault. Uh, as previewed by Card Kingdom, the kingdom of cards in the Northwest. Uh, in the Northwest to your is, home. <laughs> it is black for a rare instant. Uh, choose a card name. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a card with that name. Then put that card into your hand. Exile all other cards revealed this way, and you lose one life for each of the exiled cards. Usually this will go with... Oh, God. What's the deck? Ad nauseum. Yeah, ad nause. Um So that way you can prevent yourself from dying with Phyrexian. Un... Yeah. Phyrexian Unlife Unlife. or Angel's Grace yeah. or what, whichever one of the ones you want to talk about. Any of the, any the ones that doesn't let you lose the game, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's usually used there to find Ad Nauseam, which you then use to kill your opponent. Um, it's not really seen it play anywhere else. Um, there are no... I think there's a few other combo decks that play it, but it's primarily seen there. And it hasn't really been super popular lately anyway, so that's kind of no. drilled it off. So. Yeah. But speaking, uh, of, speaking of cards that Aaron loves... <laughs> Speaking of other cards that Aaron really has, really loves, Bridge from Below. Ian, what does Bridge from Below do again? So this is a really weird enchantment that it basically does nothing if it's on the battlefield. It's a black, black, black enchantment at rare. Whenever a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, if Bridge from Below is in your graveyard, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. When there is a creature put, when a creature is put into opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, if Bridge from Below is in your graveyard, exile bridge from below if you notice if it's not in your graveyard it literally does nothing yep putting it into play just doesn't do anything it's not very fun that way but um it is a it's very very powerful and it is a Uh, 20 dollar dredge toy (laughs) my my favorite part about bridge from below is the story behind its design because mark rosewater there were two cards a blue creature and a black enchantment from future sight that Someone went up to him and was like, hey, I need you to – I forget who told him. I need you to make two cards. So he sat down, and he came back like an hour or two later with Bridge from Below and Narcomoeba. Huh. So Narcomoeba and Bridge from Below are both Mark Rosewater designs, and they both came from, fu- from trying to fill a hole in Future Sight because that's what Mark does best. Yeah, so it's just like, okay, uh, go. <laughs> Turns out Mark is really good at his job, and we, we should be thankful that he that he is here. 
and, and making our game and not someone else's game. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, next on the list is a card that I think also has not had a reprint, um, which is Woodfall Primus. It is five green, green, green for a rare. Oh no, this was printed in the original Mono Masters, but it's been a while, anyways. It's a tree. That was twenty thirteen, dude. <laughs> yeah, the original one. It's been a while. It's a six six trample. When it enters the battlefield, you destroy a non creature permanent, and it has persist. So when it dies, if it had no minus one minus one counters on it, you put it back into play with a minus one minus one counter on it. Yeah, um, great in cube for the ramp decks. Yes, very good in cube, very good in commander, very good in Highlander. It is a, it's a difficult card to kind of process, but it's it's very hard to get through because it's just so good. Also, by the way, uh, Loading Ready Run is previewing their card right now. I, yeah, I have it up. I have it pulled up too. I'm not gonna lie. Sorry, uh, they have Seize the Day, which is a three and a red for a rare sorcery. Untapped target creature. After this main phase, there's an additional combat phase, followed by an additional main phase, which has flashback for two and a red. Uh, not a huge money card, I don't believe, but it's definitely a card that I don't think think has been reprinted in a while. Yeah, I can double check that real quick if you want to keep talking about good old Woody. Yeah, Wolf of Prime, he's just, he's just such a house. He's also, you know, a uh, tree folk, shaman. I don't know. Wolf of Primus is he's a house. A very much a brick house. Yeah. Ow. Anyway, Season Day was printed in Odyssey, and it's only ever been printed in Odyssey. Well, there you go. Yep. Now we get a new border framing for Season Day. Yeah, and Season Day is about a five dollar rare. Yeah. Um next on our list is a card that's near and dear to my heart, uh, which is getting a reprinting, which is Desperate Ritual. Uh, one on the red for a instant arcane with at uncommon. And this time it says add red, red, red. So instead of the usual way of phrasing it, it says add red, red, red to your mana pool. Uh, and then it has splice onto arcane for one and a red. And as part of this, um, you'll notice that there's a lot of cards. If you've seen the box starbers, you know that there's other arcane cards in the set at higher rarities. Uh, there's also lava spike. That is a good reprint for modern burn, red, Sorcery Arcane and Uncommon. It says Lava Spike deals three damage to target player or planeswalker. Uh, and Ian asked a really interesting question before we got started about how Splice works. Yeah, because I've, al- um, I've always gotten this wrong, kind of. So, so how it works is that what you do is you cast a Arcane spell. And if you want to add an additional Arcane spell onto it with Splice, you cast the original spell, then you pay the Splice cost... And then you basically reveal it from your hand and you add whatever the text is of the spliced card onto the original. Yes. So if you want to cast Lava Spike with Desperate Ritual on it, you'll pay one red red, red for the Lava Spike, one in the red for the Desperate Ritual. And then the Lava Spike will deal three damage and add three red mana. So you're essentially dealing three damage for free if you are mono red. If it, or if you have any of a follow-up after that. Right, you know. yeah, yeah. You're basically um, getting a three mana and you have three mana remaining. A three damage spell and... Yeah. yeah. But remember, which Lava is, Spike targets relevant. player or Planeswalker. They did... That is one of the ones that got eroded to player Planeswalker. Can't hit a creature, though. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that I do want to mention that the reason why this is relevant is there's another card in the, in the set that's being reprinted, which is Nourishing Shoal, which is a big part of the Grishol brand decks which is X green green for an instant arcane uh, that it's at rare. It says you gain X life, but you can also exile a green card from your hand instead of paying its mana cost. And that CMC sets the X. Um, and what you could do with nourishing shoal with in Grishol brand is you can cast nourishing shoal for free by exiling a green creature. And then you splice onto it. Gorio's vengeance for two and a black and target a card in your graveyard to get help get around counter magic. Yeah, it's really, really, really weird, funky interaction that can yeah. just absolutely get you out of nowhere. Because especially with that, you're going to put a Grizzle Brand into play, and you've just gained like 13 life off of the worm, and yeah, is is gross. It, it, it is very gross, but it's going to be interesting to see how Arcane plays because we only have seen a few cards at low rarities. Uh, we don't know what else is going to be in the set as far as Arcane spells. We know through the breach. We know Nourishing Shoal and Disrupting Shoal, which is the blue shoal, which counters a spell of CMCX, uh, which ha- works the exact same way as Nourishing Shoal, except you exile a blue card, uh, Lava Spike, Desperate Ritual, uh, and then those two. I don't think don't know of any others that have been revealed yet, um, but it's a very weird mechanic, and knowing how it works is going to 
help you out if you're drafting the set or if you play against it in older formats yeah especially to that way if you're ever playing it and you're like hey wait can you do this this way yes you can do it that way uh next two cards we have actually a big bit of a block of cards thanks to uh the mothership today from blake rasmussen about a lot of downshifts in rarity because in these master sets they can play around with rarity a little bit more than they can in other sets and uh, there's one card hero of lena tower which was a rare from born of the gods which is now being printed here as an uncommon uh, she is a green for a 1-1 human warrior with heroic that whenever you cast a spell that targets her you can pay x generic mana and if you do you put x counters on her hey you know it's fun what boggles boggles is very fun yes but also, they he also previewed – this was a upshift, I believe, because travel preparations, from what I understand, was really bonkers and limited. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it's a, it was a common. It got upshifted on common, so you don't – you can't draft, quote-unquote, the, the, the travel prep deck easily. Yeah, because travel prep is very innocuous. It's just one in a green for uncommon sorcery. But says put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures with flashback for one and a white. Yeah. Well, that can't get out of hand, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, ouch. Basically, yeah. what it would end up happening is people didn't realize that travel prep was so good. So people, eh, I don't feel like I'll maybe pick up one of these, but there'd be some people who would grab like five travel preps and just mm. go to town with like a Bant deck that had uh, like Invisible Stalker or something like that. Yeah. To so just be like, oh, look at this unblockable hex proof that's like a six six. Deal with this, and they couldn't. Mm-hmm. They could not. On the same token, uh, another card that was downshifted from rare to uncommon is Laboratory Maniac. Also from Innistrad. Also from Innistrad. Win condition from uh, Vintage to – I think it was a win condition standard for a couple fringe decks. Uh, He is two and a blue for a human wizard at uncommon now. He's a 2-2. And instead of losing the game, if you would draw a card from an empty library, you win the game instead. I don't know if this was necessarily printed as like a way to win – because there's like seems to be like a self mill style. Well, we have we have a dredge card. We'll get to later. We have several um, delve spells. Yeah. So there have to be ways of filling your grave. Here. Oh no, no, there are some like that we haven't seen yet. There's there's one rare. I don't think we have it on the list. Yeah, Mag- Mag- of the Bazaar. Yeah, Mag's the Bazaar, which draw. It's a one one. It's an O one for one of the blue. Draw two cards and discard three. It's a good way to just like start dumping stuff in your yard if you don't want it, but. It's it's a O one. It's not going to survive very well to like power your lab maniac to victory, but you never know. I mean, yeah. That said, you never know. This set. Are we going with that one next? Oh, I have these. Uh, I have these out. Yeah, we can go. I had these out of order. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know where I clicked uh, this next one. Card. Oh no, you moved it down to the bottom. <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, we have containment priest, which is a preview by Wedge over the, at the mana source. It is one of the white for a. Uh, Human Cleric at rare. She's a 2-2 with Flash. And if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. Yeah, previously only printed in Commander 2014 and in Invocation style from Amonkhet. Yep. Uh, Containment Priest is a really powerful card in Legacy and Vintage. By uh, stopping a lot, uh, making people play fair. So pay, pay for your spells. By the way, uh, for uh, this is great in Legacy. And this yep. is going to be expensively spicy if you pull a foil one, because this will be the first foil printing of this art that's not an invocation. Yes, so that, for a legacy playable card in Death and Taxes, this card is going to be straight money if this yep. is your rare. Oh, we should also mention that this is a master set. Every pack of masters comes with a rare in the pack. Or not a rare, a foil in the pack. Yeah, I hope they come with a rare. Yeah, it comes with a rare in the pack. It comes with a foil in the pack that can be a rare. There we go. That can't be a rare, yeah. Uh, next is a pair of cards, which I put on the list, because apparently this was a uh, oh. a standard combo at the time. Oh, yeah, this one? Uh, That's pretty chunk. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty funny. So, Ian, tell me about the Sovereigns of Lost Alara. All right, so Sovereigns of Lost Alara is a four blue and a – or four white and a blue, four five creature spirit uh, with Exalted, which is the – uh, wow, mechanic. Yeah, mechanic that says whenever mechanic. whenever a creature you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Now, if a cre- whenever a creature, it has more text on it, it says whenever a creature you control attacks alone, thus tr- triggering Exalted, which is what you're looking to do anyway, you may search your library for an aura card that could enchant that creature, put it on the battlefield, attach that creature, then shuffle your library. 
Now, if you're somehow able to get something swinging in with evasion of some sort, flying for instance, you're going to get exalted and it's going to get an aura card and you could draft Eldrazi Conscription, which is a colorless eight mana card, tribal enchantment, Eldrazi aura, enchant creature, enchanting creature gets plus 10, plus 10, has trample and annihilator two. So sadly, you won't get the annihilator two trigger, uh, but you will make your opponent very sad with a suddenly plus 10, plus 10 and trampling single attacker. Yeah, that also has exalted and there's other exalted bonuses in this set too. So you could draft yeah. an exalted deck and be disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, you could yeah. you could easily one shot somebody out of nowhere with this because all you have to do is you can get the six mana, have a flyer, and maybe chipped away a four or five point like three or four points of damage or something like that, and have like a three something flyer in the air, and then go and it's now a thirteen thirteen, and you're dead with flample, and you're dead. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. I'm sure there's going to be bad beat stories of people, you know, getting just straight housed in the face with this. So. Oh, yeah. It's like, what'd you lose too? Yeah, they had that Eldrazi Inscription combo. Yeah, you know, what happened? Which, thank, thankfully, it's two rares that you'd have to both get, but you never know. I will say this. Odds are, if you are... You're probably going to get past Eldrazi Inscription unless people are drafting money, which, to be fair, in this set, you probably are for that kind of thing because it is a $15 mm-hmm. thing. And Sovereigns isn't a great card. It's that much wheel. So you might have drafted Eldrazi Conscription early and pick up a Sovereigns. But yeah, it's going to be weird. It'll happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen often, especially with how often this set's probably going to be drafted. Yeah. Magic Online, a lot more. Yeah. Anyway, what do we got next, John? Uh, Next is a card that has not been reprinted except for the original Modern Masters, but this time with new art. It is Glenelindra Archmage. Three and a blue for a rare fairy wizard. She's a 2-2 flyer with persist, but she also has the line of text blue, comma, sacrifice Glenelindra Archmage. (laughs) counter target non-creature spell yeah so what's kind of interesting is that we like john mentioned there's new art by carl kopinski on here that's kind of bringing it in line with the brand or the newer art style of the fairies uh like vendillion click mm-hmm. so it's the kind of bug art i mean the other one had like bug legs too but this kind of brings it more in line with that kind of style which is kind of nice yeah. and neat and kind of ties She's, it all together uh, she- yeah, she's a very powerful card in the fairies archetype in modern, although, although I don't know how much play she sees in that deck. Fairies. Uh, but she's also a cube mainstay because of how just absurd this card Oh, any is. kind of blue deck loves this kind of effect. Yeah. Uh, next, let's talk about... So, it is a known fact that Ix- Masterpieces were planned for Ixalan block. And the borders on the back of the lands, the double face cards, was supposed to be the masterpiece border. And we now have a lot of cards that have Ixalan themes that are older cards that were probably being considered for masterpieces for Ixalan before they got scrapped. We've seen Merchant Scrolls be one of those. Not in the set that we know of so far, but Merchant Scrolls, one yeah. of them. Vampiric Tutor, the Judge promo. Yeah, there was a. Oh gosh, there was a recent one that came out, I think, in one of the commander sets that look like it might have been maybe yeah there's been a few that have looked like okay this is clearly set on ixalan what's going on guys supposed to be a yeah it's but this one is unabashedly so yeah this one actually was reprinted in eternal masters and it's gamble it's so red mana sorcery search your library for a card put that card into your hand discard a card at random then shuffle your library so it's a kind of cheeky tutor, but with a little bit of a risk to it, but yep. with amazing flavor art from Breaches, the gunner of the belligerent, which was Vraska's ship. It's a stuff and sundries. Stuff and sundries and munitions. <laughs> and the artist and the artist Breaches like looking through a cannon or shoving stuff into a cannon. Yep. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Um, also a great reprint for Legacy because it's a, it's a it's a key part of the lands decks and other graveyard synergies and there is the joke that gamble is just the red in tomb because you'll always discard what you find yeah basically mm-hmm. i mean but the worst part is the lands is like they actually want to discard it which is the worst yeah. it's like i drew this and oh there it goes that to the graveyard oh no my life from the low whatever will i whatever will or I they do. discard like the other half of the dark depths combo and they have a life oh, from no, the low my turn no. life from the low it back and oh, you're no. just like oh grown 
Anyway, so this next one was a incredibly spicy reprint that the professor got to unveil from Invasion. Yeah, the this only is the first ever printing of this card ever. Yeah, the only ever printing of it was Invasion. You got brand new art. Phyrexian yep. Altar, the three mana artifact that reads sacrifice a creature, add one mana of any color. Now, John, why is that so crazy good and why is it so sought after? Because um sack outlets are very, very popular when it comes to um commander, mainly so that you people don't steal your crap. Um but but not but, also, but not just sacrifice outlets, free sacrifice outlets without yeah. like literally it says sacrifice a creature, colon. There is no other yeah. cost to that text. Plus, it, since this generates colored mana, unlike Ashnod's Altar, this lets you make this lets you actually cast most more of your spells if you are able to generate like an infinite sacrifice um, type of deal. So this is a very very good reprint, uh, and it's going to help commander players out a lot who want to acquire Frexian Altar and don't want to pay like sixty bucks. I want to say yeah, and the foil for the original Frexian Altar is one hundred and seventy one hundred seventy five. So this is going to, again, this is going to be one of those, if you happen to get the foil of it, congratulations. You did it. Speaking of cards, if you get the foil of. Oh my gosh. This card will be the literal first foil printing of this card. Yeah. And it it spiked. Also featuring amazing Therese Nielsen art. Yeah, this one spiked uh, back in September during the SCG Legacy event that was going on because finance, there's. I was informed, hey, by the way, this is going on. And I was just like, eh, I'm not going to do anything about it. And I looked, yeah. and I'm like, hey, yep, yep. yep. And by the end of it, like three rounds right, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, it's back to basics. Two and a blue enchantment. Non-basic lands don't untap during their, during their controller's untap steps. This is like the blue blood moon. Yep. But can be potentially even more backbreaking. Because in a format like Legacy where this sees heavy play in the blue-white miracles decks, which happens to play a lot of basics because they don't need to worry about multiple colored spells outside of their tundras. Yep. This hoses so many legacy decks, it's not even funny. It's also a archetype-defining card in uh, Highlander, where you know you play it in your Blue Moon deck, where you play a billion basic islands and then a couple non-base, non-basic mountains, and then you just play Blood Moon or Back to Basics and make people sad. Oh, yeah. It jumped up it's going to be great uh i'm just happy it's here this is one of those cards when they when a uh, channel fireball unveiled it everyone's like wow wizards is not messing around with this set this was one of the, the big guns that a lot of people are like well back to basics in the set let me go to my shopping cart and add another box yeah it's kind of yeah. it's kind of ridiculous but this, yeah. this set has just got some juice to it but we could have probably put this one up higher speaking of aaron <laughs> Yeah, uh, Golgari Grave Troll. Dredge got a new toy. Crap. With, uh, <laughs> Dredge got a new toy. What? Cries in Dredge. Dredge got a new art toy. Yeah. yeah and it finally looks like a skeleton. The, the first one was really... It looks weird in the first one. This one actually looks like a, a straight-up skeleton. Yeah. Uh, Golgari Grave Troll is four and a green for a rare. It's a zero-zero. It enters the battlefield with a plus-plus encounter for each creature and card in your graveyard. And you can pay one mana and remove a counter to get regenerated, but no one cares about that text because it says Dredge Six on it. Yeah, literally, this card just reads Dredge Six. <laughs> it says, "Put the top six cards of your library into your graveyard and put this into your hand. Find a way to discard me, please." Yeah, and you're gonna have ways to discard it, but I'll tell you this: if you ever actually play this as a value creature, you're playing limited. You're, yeah. you're straight up playing limited. It is, it is, it is huge. And if you if you're playing it in this limited format, you could probably get it pretty big. The decks that play Golgari Drift Troll, I don't even think can really they can cast it, but not really. They're not. They're. Ne- uh, I mean, in in Legacy, they Dread Return it sometimes. Yeah, but, and it's just like I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's Dredge it's Six. It just reads Dredge Six. It just yeah, it just says mill yourself for six. It got you unbanned in Modern, and then they realized. Eh, yeah, Dredge Six is a little busted. We're gonna. Still it's. A good. We should probably reban it. It's like I think it's one of the only cards that's been unbanned, or ban, yeah, banned, yes. unbanned, reband in modern yes. as a format. Period. Pretty sure it's the only one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and do the next two as a uh, as a pair because through the breach and Gorgo's vengeance, which I mentioned previously, are getting reprinted. Uh, both of them have the box topper uh, treatment as well. Uh, Gorio's Vengeance is one of the black for an instant arcane at rare. Uh, you return target legendary creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature gains haste. 
exile it at the beginning of the next end step, and you can splice onto an arcane spell for two and a black. Whereas through the breach is four and a red for an instant arcane at rare. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That creature gains haste. Sacrifice that creature at the beginning of the next end step with splice for two red red. Yeah, and the cool part is this is one of the first cards that how it was played in Paper Magic has actually dictated the art mm-hmm. in that it, it is a story function of, you know, Through the Breach would cast Emrakul, the mm-hmm. 15-15 version. Uh, which is in the set. Which is in the set. But the art on this is set back in the Shadows block where it's Nahiri literally calling her Emrakul to was, the plane. Yeah. This, like, this, this was a story moment that we didn't actually see a card of, but we did get in the story. Yeah, this art was featured in one of the stories. Yeah, so it's like, oh, now it's on a card. Yeah. Um, I mean, other big, there's other big fatties in this in this set that you could put in there, like Emrakul, Ulamal, Platinum Imperium, Zalek, Big Plats. Uh, although I don't know if you want to put Big Plats into play, but you don't. Lo- regardless, your life total can't change. Yeah, but you sacrifice at the, at the end of turn. Well, I mean, if you're looking at a, a yeah, if you're looking, it is an instant, if if so you're I facing, you can technically do if that. If you're facing <laughs> down a lethal attack by a whole board wide sure. thing, and it's the only way it can live, and I don't know, sure. Sure. Eh, corner cases. Sure. Um, <laughs> but they're very powerful, very powerful cards in modern as well. Um, speaking of cards from modern, because again, there's a lot of them. Ruined Halo gets its first reprint ever. Uh, Ian, what does Ruined Halo do? So Ruined Halo is a white, white enchantment. As Ruined Halo enters the battlefield, choose a na- card name. You have protection from the chosen name. You can't be dealt, tar- you can't be targeted, dealt damage, or enchanted by anything with that name. So it was. Single printing, only ever in Shadowmoor. It quit when blue-white control became a thing. Rune Halo jumped up because it was a silver bullet card that the deck could play to basically, oh god, I don't have an out to this card. Oh wait, Rune Halo. Yeah, Rune Halo on Grape Shot, Rune Halo on Emrakul. Like, there's a lot of things that this card can do. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, I just need to... I Like, basically you would board it in so you knew what your opponent's win-con is going to be, especially in something like, you know... A through the breach deck or a Grishel brand, you could be like Rune Halo name Emrakul, Rune Halo yep. name Grishel Grizzle brand. You're like, all right, you just eliminated my threats. They, that deck basically has no way to win at that point. They'd have to stick like an Elish Norn or something weird, which they're not even playing. Yeah. Uh, next card is finally reprinted, uh, Noble Hierarch. It's seen one other printing before, outside of its uh, original Conflux. It was Modern Masters 2015, where it tanked its price down to 30 bucks and then shot back up over the years back to 90 and now it's back down to 65 it's going to drop again noble hierarch's great it's a staple it's probably it's It's, the greatest mana dork ever printed fight me people who like birds yeah it's the only one i would consider birds birds versus noble hierarch are basically like one a one b for the best mana dorks ever printed Uh, one mana definitely yeah well one mana yeah one mana mana dorks basically you pay green to make a mana dork. Granted, Noble Hierarch only makes Bant, so green, white, blue, but the Exalted on it is what kind of puts it a little bit over the top. Yeah. It's also played in three of the most popular decks right now, Humans. Uh, well, not well, two of the most popular decks, Humans and Bant, Spirits. Uh, it's also seen play in, um, in fact, you in various other strategies. I have three of my uh, also, copies, thanks to John. You're welcome. Also, uh, for, first reprints for most of them is the entire cycle of World Wake Creature Lands. Uh, Celestial Colonnade, Creeping Tar Pit, Lava Claw Reaches, uh, Raging Ravine, and Stirring Wildwood. Yep. So uh, of those, Creeping Tar Pit was about a 15-ish dollar card. You really would see playing some controls, blue-black X control decks, like the people who just love jamming Grixis control for no reason. Looking at you, Corey. (laughs) Yes, Corey Burkhardt. Looking at you, buddy. Uh, Celestial Colonnade, though, was the spicy one that was in, in the $40 range. Uh, Raging Ravine sees some Jun play, ten-ish dollars, not crazy. Stirring Wildwood, eh, it's a card under. It occasionally sees play. It's, it's, un- three, four, it's under a dollar. Like to be fair, funnily enough, Lava Car Stirring Wildwood's actually a little bit less money. Well, Stirring Wildwoods also was reprinted in a dual deck. Mm-hmm. And, com- and a commander set. And a commander set. Well, Lava Car Reaches is just seeing the worldwide printing. Yeah, but yeah, it, those are the two you're gonna be like. Eh. Can I get Colony, please? But no, <laughs> they're uh, they're very nice. It's good to see we have some sort of rare fixing 
dual color cards. Um, they remember they do ETB tapped, so they're not going to be the greatest, and you're probably not going to be really using them to splash a color because you're well, playing them for their effect if you can actually make them into a creature. So hopefully, yeah. And then lastly, we want to talk about Popper because ultimate or master sets are places where. Like we mentioned before, with the rare to uncommon shifting, that they can that wizards can play around with Popper and downshift some cards. Um, and I think the the big the big one the big one that's going to really change everything was previewed today uh, by Wizards, which is Foil. Ian, what does Foil? Do? So f- this new Foil has some amazing, as friend of the show, Vorthos Michael like to put it. Donnie Cola, so Donato Giancola, who just has amazing, incredible art. Um, probably my favorite island of all time from Urza's Saga. But Foil is a two blue blue instant. Now with common, it says, you may discard an island card and another card rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Counter target spell. Unconditional counter spell, you don't have to pay mana. Why is this crazy? Popper now has Force of Will. A virtual pseudo Force of Will. It also has Gush which uh, is four and a blue for an instant uh, draw two cards, but you may return two islands to your hand rather than paying its mana cost. Yeah, so, so the, the beef here is mainly in that this won't see play in blue-red Delver decks. Is it Delver decks? We'll probably not play this card because they don't really run a whole lot of islands necessarily. They run some, but not enough to really warrant this inclusion. It's the mono-blue Delver decks and other ones, and I think blue-black control that run Gush. Because what you can do is you can manipulate the top of your library. Because remember, preordain and uh, ponder are legal in the sets. You can ponder. Look at the top three cards. Before you would have to consider maybe if two of your cards were good and the other one was just a total, you know, blank. You'd be like, oh yeah, okay, maybe I'll, I'll blank myself for one turn just to make sure I get these two good cards. If you have foil in your hand, that blank just becomes the other card to pitch. So you set yourself up with a ponder. Gush an island, cast foil with that island you gushed back, and ditch that blank you had. And yeah, granted you're ca- using three cards for one of theirs, but in that particular deck, you're usually wanting to protect one of your important creatures that's just chunking in. Maybe you've got a flip delver that your opponent's pointing one of their very few removal spells they have at it. If you can stop that removal, you're golden. Yeah, it's a very powerful. It's card. it's ridiculous. Uh, it could warp the format. We'll have to wait and see maybe two weeks after like maybe around christmas time we'll see how the popper metagame has adjusted to foil being in the thing because it comes out december 7th so it'll give it like two weeks to see the format warp under it or not but there's another cool little reprint in blue that is a counter mat counter spell circular logic yeah my favorite deck blue green madness circular logic is two in a blue for incident uncommon Uh, it says counter target spell unless the controller pays one for each card in your graveyard uh, you would have seen this effect most recently in Rakshasa's Disdain. Uh, no, there was one. It was Countervailing Winds. Was this card was cycling in our devastation? Yes. But uh, Circular Logic has madness for a blue. Yep. So it literally turns into generally it's a better force spike because you can counter most things. And on top of that, they downshifted another madness card, which is Reckless Worm, which is three red red for a four four worm at common with trample. And it has Madness for two and a red, which is a color-shifted uh, Arrogant Worm, which is the same card but green. Yeah, so this originally, in its Planar Chaos set, had the cool, wonky, like, flipped alternate color border. But yeah. not this time. You get a regular old border. Yep, and also now you can play Eight Worm in Popper. Oh my god. Speaking of powerful cards in Popper, there's two uh, powerful reanimation effects that were downshifted to common. Uh, one is a little bit more of a build around. It's Tethmos High Priest. I believe this one was from Journey into Nyx, I want to say. Uh, it's two and a white for a t- cat cleric. It's a two, three with heroic. That whenever you cast a spell that targets Tethmos High Priest, you return target creature card with CMC two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It's Journey into Nyx, by the way. Journey into Nyx. I was right. Awesome. Uh, and then the other one, the one that is more powerful, is Resurrection. Two white, white for a common sorcery from Ultimate Masters. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, the there's there's going to be some shenaniganery going on with white getting reanimator spells now. Yeah. It's weird. But remember, there, so the white 
there was a white heroic deck and a blue white heroic deck. So Tethmos High Priest could get in there as a way if you know you're going up as, against you know, an opponent who is packing a lot of removal, their sacrifice effects and stuff like that. You know, you start chaining up one of your sky guards into something massive and you'd be like, nope, get it back. Yeah. And then uh, also on the downshift train is Demir Guildmage, originally printed in uh, Ravnica, City of Guilds. It's a blue-black, blue-black hybrid, 2-2 human wizard, and has two activated abilities. Both of them can only be activated as sorceries. Three in a blue, target player draws a card. Three in a black, target player discards a card. Yeah, we last saw this very recently in the guild kits. And also Modern Masters 2015 ahead of printing, which is kind of nice. Um, do you want to talk about that one next? Uh, yes, because yeah. the next one was also from... Um, I believe it was from Gate Crash. I want to say it was Return uh, RTR Slum Reaper. Oh, Return Ravnica. Uh, Slum Reaper is three and a black for a four-two horror at common. When enters the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature. This is the first time you that we have seen a um, fleshbag marauder style effect in Popper. Uh, granted, it's the bigger, the more the more mana, bigger creatured one, but this is a very powerful style of effect that also is going to make Boggles very very awkward. Yeah, we've we've seen. A card that was a little cheaper than this one just recently in guilds, which was Plague Crafter. Yeah, um, similar, but, but yeah, that one does creature or planeswalker, and it was an uncommon. But no, and if they don't do anything, they discard a card, which is like, insane. Cards, bombers, yeah. Um, but, but no, Slum Reaper. There are some. Oh god, what's the deck name? Tortured Existence. Tortured Existence. Yeah. Tortured Existence would like this one especially potentially. Um, yeah, maybe to get an opponent thing off, you can bring it back with tortured existence and all that kind of crazy stuff. You can just start psych like looping this and making your opponent just sack all their board. Which is, I've had a long knockdown dragout fights with tortured existence decks with my Tron deck, and oof, it's not fun. But yeah, no, getting a fleshy B effect and popper is huge. Like this, this whole set is just basically. We might see one card here or there affected. This card is literally like those images of a black hole on space-time where it just creates that massive, like, funk right in the middle of it. It's big and that's hole. not even counting the last card that we have on the list. Fire which and is ice. Fire and ice. Fire is one in a red for an instant. It says deal two damage, divide as you choose among one or two targets. Ice is one in the blue for an instant. Tap target permanent, draw a card. Originally um, printed in Apocalypse. Are- Yep, and people are afraid of this card for, not for necessarily the same reason that Foil is, but it's like Blue-Red gets another toy. Oh yeah, Blue-Red, is it Delver? It's just like, yo, sup, homie. To be fair, like, honestly, my Morositron deck, I would consider maybe testing this in it. It's it's a powerful card, like, two mana to do, like, that kind of thing. Even though Tron is mostly a control deck, it's a toolbox control deck. You can't get much more toolboxy than a split card that can deal, that can ping away some elves if you have, if you're facing that. You can ping away some goblins. You can ping away del- two delvers before they flip. Maybe some fairies in the blue delver deck. Or if your opponent's got a big creature, like they, you're staring down the barrel of, oh, I don't know, a uh, Ulamog's Crusher. You can tap that bad boy down before it attacks and it replaces itself as a card. It's so flexible that I would consider playing this in Marasatron, maybe two of them. Yeah. And then also, let's not consider the fact that um, it's also like seen play in Vintage and Legacy, just for how flexible it actually is. Oh, this card is a snap include in any kind of blue-red Highlander deck that wants this kind of effect. Like, I have a the FNM foil version in my Jeskai Highlander deck. Like, the, the split cards from Gills of Ravnica are flexible, yes, but Fire Ice is arguably the best split card. It's the split if if, if you're one if you're one to be like, oh, this is a good split card, it's like, is it fire and ice good? Yeah. It's it's very Granted, good. some of the newer ones have some very powerful, costly effects on it, but bang for the buck, you can't really do much better than fire and ice. And you just this whole set is just bonkers right now. Yeah, there's still I think there's still some more previews to go forward. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the entire set shakes out, uh, especially financially because there's a lot of cards in here because that are uh, very very in need of reprints. Like I'm looking at you, Vexing Devil. Yeah, so we didn't even talk about like Vexing Devil, Dig Through Time, Disrupt Phyrexian Tower, yeah, Disrupting Shoal, 
Thespian Stage is getting reprinted, so yes, the Dark Depths combo is possible and limited. Uh, Become Immense, uh, Frantic Search with New Art, Fiery Temper. Funnily uh, enough, Living Lore from Dragons got downshifted to Uncommon, which is nice. Angel of Despair got downshifted from Rare to Uncommon. Like, this set is very, very clearly just jam-packed full of things. Can we just, can yes, we, can we just talk about the amazing new art with so many insane little Easter eggs for Frantic Search? Yeah, it's... Whew. Like, it's got Artificer's Assistant, the bird from Amaket in the art, plus there's like Sarpedian, uh, Sarpedian Volume 7 or whatever like that's in the thing. There's a whole bunch of other references and book titles to all sorts of other magic cards and stuff like that. It's just go look at the, the artist is Mitchell Molloy. Go look at his Twitter page. He actually posted a large version of it and people are going through picking out all the little cool tidbits. And he's like, that's it. Now you're getting close. That's it. Yeah. It, this set looks juicy. Are you going to be drafting wild mongrel? Uh, I will try. Oh yeah. All his dust got reprinted. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Sure. This and then like a bunch of other downshifts, Firewing Phoenix, Magma, um, just just a crazy. Set. Oh yeah, it's gross. We out outside of even the box toppers and stuff like that, which yeah. are going to add value. Like people are saying, just I mean, obviously these prices are going to go down because there is going to be people just ripping this product apart left and right, which is great. Mm-hmm. Which granted, a lot of these cards needed reprints, and we got them. There's still some cards that need to be num- that have been number crunched out, like. The Tronlands. Tronlands are not going to be in here. So, thank God, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need There's that. been some other ones crunched out. I don't have off the top of my head, but, like, to be fair, I think that's – Tronlands are I mean, the, the big question ones. right now is uh, Dig Through Time was previewed by Scryfall. Yep. Oh, but yeah. But the art on the box 100% looks like another perspective on the art for Dig Through Time. So where is that art going? Um, one thing I saw, actually, for that is people were saying it is possibly preordained. Maybe because that is one of the only other cards that that's popular that could have been that's in need of a reprint that has somebody overlooking a kind of chalice or a goblet like that is the preordained Maybe. thing that that's just like one of the things I saw that is a potential thing, but it'd be kind of weird putting like an uncommon on the box art. Yeah. So really it, I think that is going to be the, the, the best reveal. I'm sure there's some, you know, uh, content creator out there that's sitting on that they're just like yes <laughs> yes also by the way if you're a content creator and you get a and you get a preview card don't tell other people that was a thing that happened today just well it might have happened it might not have happened just close hold it and don't even say anything don't even give the inkling of it even happening plus also congratulations yeah, to those of you guys who got one maybe we'll get one next week hey. Oh yeah, by the way, Maybe. we don't have one this set, so don't expect a preview card special for us. <laughs> Unless something weird happens in the next 24, 48 hours. That would be weird, but... That would be weird. No, we're... Oh, and if you are a content creator out there, hi. If you're wondering how to get one, wait till Blake gets back. Follow him on Twitter. Poke, Poke him. Follow Blake Rasmussen on Poke Twitter, him. Yes. Be like, hey Blake, mind if I send you a DM? And if he says and yes, send, and if he says yes, then send him a DM. Don't just uh, don't him out, out of the blue. And then uh, send him all your mold drifters. I mean, and panharmonicons and cloud blazers. That too. Yes. All of those things. Yeah. And then congratulate him on his newborn baby. That Jace. <laughs> Not joking there. His newborn is Jace. His, his. But anyway. So, also. Yeah. No, I think that was it. No. Uh, I'm just grabbing some stuff for the show notes. But Ian, if people wanted the. Oh, no, I was going to let's do a little wrap no. up. Shoot. So this, this set is juiced. It's. <laughs> That is Straight juiced. up juice. I can't like. There's so many cards we didn't even talk about that I mean, we just go on and on. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to PAX Unplugged next weekend. Uh, that is yeah. the thirty thirtieth, first and second. Oh, actually, I did get approval for a pass, so I will be there for sure all three days, which is awesome. My boss is great. I was like, hey, do you mind if I put in a pass? He's like, yeah, just put it in. I'll pass. I'll prove it. I'm like, hey. All right, all right. Um, so I'll be there at PAX Unplugged. But if you guys want to find me before that, follow me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix, D-I-X. Now here's the thing about streaming. 
is I'm actually going to make a concerted effort to put in time streaming now. Like I have kind of gotten a schedule. I'm like, all right, got it lined up, stuff I need to do for IRL, real life stuff, recording the podcast, other things I want to do. Monday nights, probably around 7.30, 8 o'clock Eastern in the evening. I'll be streaming for maybe two, three hours. Magic Arena. So Mondays are Magic Arena. I'll be streaming on Thursday nights. And Thursday is probably going to be Magic Arena unless there's like a cube on Magic Online or a um, modern tournament or a legacy tournament that I need to practice for that I can't do on Magic Arena. I'll be playing Magic Online there. Then on either Friday and or Saturday and or Sunday, it'll be whatever. I could play FTL, Minecraft. I've been meaning to get back into Minecraft, so this would be a good excuse. Um, I have a Lego build that I need to do and other kinds of stuff like that. So if you're interested in seeing me stream, follow the channel. I will be doing my best. Now, granted, the holidays are coming up, so things are going to get a little hinky with that. Like, for instance, I'm not streaming on Thursday, which is Thanksgiving, but maybe on Saturday or Sunday when I come back home from home, home, home from my parents' houses. There you go. Home, home, yeah. Home. But other than that, follow me. It's great. John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. I'm also on Twitch at the same handle. So if you see me floating around in any of the chat rooms, don't hesitate to say hi. Um, if you want to reach the podcast, you can do so in one of two ways. You can reach us on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.